Psalm 33. Now this psalm is one of them, one of the few psalms that has no title at all. It doesn't say that it's this type of a psalm or it's a psalm of David or it's just Psalm 33. <laughs> However, in the LXX, which is the uh, Septuagint, the ancient Greek translation, it says that this is a psalm of David. And that was written 250 years before Jesus. So even though the translation that we have doesn't say anything at all, it's highly likely that this is indeed another psalm of David. Rejoice in Yahweh, you righteous. Praise is fitting for the upright. Give thanks to Yahweh with the lyre. Sing praises to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. <laughs> for Yahweh's work is right. All his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness of Yahweh. By Yahweh's word, the heavens were made, all their army by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the water of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear Yahweh. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood firm. Yahweh brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the thoughts of the people to be of no effect. The counsel of Yahweh stands fast forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is Yahweh, the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. Yahweh looks down from heaven and sees all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions all their hearts he who considers all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by a great strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither does he deliver any by his great power. Behold, Yahweh's eye is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his loving kindness, to deliver their soul from death, to keep them alive in famine. Our soul has waited for Yahweh, he is our help and our shield, for our heart rejoices in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let your loving kindness be on us, Yahweh, since we have hoped in you. So it's another Psalm of David, we believe, and um, it says in verse 2, Give thanks to Yahweh with the lyre, sing praises to him on a harp of ten strings. This is, I'm almost 100% certain the very first time in the Bible that a, an instrument is associated with praise. There were instruments mentioned back in the book of Genesis. Tubal Cain was a maker of instruments. But I'm pretty sure this is the first time we have an instrument associated with praise. There are people in the world today, there are some Christians that think instruments are of the devil. Now, I, um, I, I kind of get it, you know, when someone says, you know, drums are evil, you shouldn't have drums in church. I've heard that before. And I kind of get it because they, you know, they associate it with, say, tribal Africa or something with all the, you know, the beating of drums and the ceremonies. And, and I can see how some people could make a connection. But instruments in and of themselves are not actually evil. So drums are not evil, you know, and Paul did say in the New Testament, everything is, um, you know, to be received with thanksgiving. And music is definitely something to be 
not only receive with thanksgiving, but used to give thanksgiving. But right here, we've got an instrument being used to praise the Lord. So I don't know how Christians and churches can say that instruments are of the devil. It's even in the Bible. There's even a psalm, Psalm 150. We'll get to that you know, in about 120 days. And that psalm is full of instruments. Praise him on the lyre. Praise him on this. Praise him on that. No, instruments are definitely supposed to be a part of our worship. Now, I noticed a very interesting uh, line here in verse 3. It says, sing him a new song, play skillfully with a shout of joy. (laughs) Uh, Makes me laugh because I have definitely been in some places where the instruments were not played skillfully (laughs) with a shout of joy. And um, now I would just have to say about that, that the Lord loves all praise and all worship, whether it's skillful or not. (laughs) But to the best of your ability, play skillfully as you can. And if you're a beginner and you're not at the skillful level, you know, take the time to learn to play your instrument better for his sake. And, uh, you know, at Christmas time, there's that song, you know, the little drummer boy, and he played for him on his drum. Well, you know, that's what you and I, if, if you're a musician, I'm a musician, I can play the piano and the guitar, and uh, whatever you can do, and if you can't play an instrument but you can sing, do your best for him. It says to right here, Psalm 33, verse 3, play skillfully with a shout of joy. <laughs> Now, it also says in Psalm 33, 3, sing him a new song. There are, it doesn't mean we only sing new songs. Uh, both new and old songs are wonderful for praise. There's something good about them both. Old songs are great because the, the, the praise of the Lord never goes out of fashion. And so there are some songs which so clearly praise him. Psalms are like that that we still sing them today, even like 3,000 years later. And uh, in the book of Revelation, it shows us that there are seraphim, you know, angels circling the throne of the Lord, and they're saying constantly, holy, holy, holy. Well, that's a song as well. So there are definitely old songs that will always be sung because they lift up, you know, a certain aspect of who God is. But at the same time, God is infinite. You can never get to the end of him, so there'll never be an end to the songs that will be written about him. And I suspect that in heaven, we'll be singing a lot of new songs to the Lord. And David says to do it here. Jumping down to verse 12, David writes, and he says, Blessed is the nation whose God is Yahweh. Now, this is a very interesting verse, in my opinion. Back at the time that David wrote this, and and back at the time of, you know, the book of 1st, 2nd Samuel and, and Kings, Everyone believed that every country or every nation had its own god. So the uh, you know Egyptians had various gods. Moabites, you know, they had uh, what was it? Mo- uh, Chemosh, Moabites, yeah, and um, the Edomites had. I'm trying to remember the names of them all. Uh, but there were various gods. You know, the Canaanites they worshipped Baal. The Phoenicians, you know, they worshipped Baal and Ashtoreth. And various nations had a certain like the Philistines. It was Dagon. Various gods. Each nation had its own god. Now, all those gods were demons. They weren't, they weren't um, a god in the sense of the way we know God, and there is only one god. But back then, these nations understood that they had their own god. And so when we read this, we just think, oh, if a country, you know, like Australia, has God as its god, they're blessed. That's true, 
But when David wrote this, he was thinking about all the nations around him, the Edomites, the Moabites, and he was thinking, he was thinking, goodness me, the nation that has Yahweh for its God is really blessed. And he was spot on because those other gods weren't even gods at all and they did nothing for those other nations. You know, what did the Moabites get out of sacrificing their children to Moloch? You know, as evil as it was, they didn't get anything out of it. And so these other gods, they weren't even gods, but David looked at, at Yahweh and all that the Lord had done for Israel and he said, blessed is the nation that has you as its God. You're a real God. So we come into the, the modern time, you know, into the 21st century, and we look at it now and we say, you know what? A nation can choose Yahweh to be their God. We can choose the Lord to be our God, so why don't we? You know, Israel, they didn't choose the Lord. The Lord chose them, and they found themselves in this position. It was almost like um, just good luck. Now, it wasn't good luck. There was more to it than that, but it was almost like, wow, we've got the real God for our God. Those other nations, they don't have anything. And the other nations, it would never have occurred to them to choose Yahweh for their God. But now we're in the position where any country in the world, if they wanted to, could choose the Lord to be their God. So why don't they? It seems like a no-brainer decision. But, uh, you know, and if we were, then our nation would be blessed. But people prioritise so many things above the Lord, and it's a great, great shame. So there's a prayer point for you, to pray that your nation, wherever you live, chooses the Lord to be its God. And you'll find that when it does, things will change greatly in your nation. In verse 15, it says that the Lord fashions everyone's hearts and considers all their works. So the Lord has made everyone and he contemplates what people do. And he not only contemplates what they do, he contemplates why they do it. And uh, we've got this story in the Bible, you know, Cain and Abel way back in Genesis 4, Cain and Abel both brought a sacrifice to the Lord. So if you contemplate what they do, you would say, well, they both did something good. But if you contemplate why they did it, the motive of their heart, then the Lord looked at the motive and noticed that one did it with a good motive and one did it with a wrong motive. So the Lord considers all people what they do and why they do it. And so we have a God like this, a God who blesses, but also a God who watches a God who judges. And he is a God that's worthy of our praise, but he's also a God who's worthy of our fear and our respect. So this psalm, it lifts up the Lord and we should lift him up too. Lord, I thank you for Psalm 33. Thank you, Lord, that the nation that fears you and has you for its God is blessed. I do pray for Australia, that you would turn the hearts of Australians towards Christ, turn the hearts of our political leaders toward Christ, even the churches, Lord, turn their hearts toward Christ and toward each other that we might love each other. Lord, I ask you to have your way and I pray that Australia would be a nation that truly loves the Lord. And Lord, I pray that your grace would be upon us. Fill us up with more of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.